Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hi, I'm Buzz Dixon. I am the writer and story editor of G.I. Joe, and I'm here at Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I'm with Ray, Robert, and Gina, and have a good time. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe. Buddy, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. This is a special experience as we do part three of Arise Repento Arise Week. Part three, I say, Robert Chan. Please get away from the mic. <laughs> what? You sound like a... I- uh, it's like if you go to audio school and you... And, and like, here's the day where we talk about... Uh, uh, plosives yeah. on the microphone. They'll say like, "This is how not to do it," and they'll take a clip from this show, Excellent. and it'll be you going. Oh, I thought that would be. Uh, they'd show me as how not to do it. That it, you don't that think is, that that, that would be exactly, accurate? That accurate is exactly statements. how not to do. Oh, it. how not to do it? Oh crap! I tucked it. myself into that corner. <laughs> uh, wait, what's your name again? We gotta move you to the other back to the other mic. Is that right? Yeah. No, not anyway. my mic. Yeah, sorry, Gina. No. You're not <laughs> I'm being punished for speaking at a moderate level. <laughs> always, Gina. Always. always. I'm Robert Chan. I'm Gina Ippolito. And we are joined by very special guest, star of uh, voiceover, cartoons, video games, stage, screen, television, everything you can think of. Oh my Every goodness. medium in existence, she's on it. Rachel Kimsey is here with us in studio. Thank you so much. So fun to be here. I feel like the bar has just been raised and I have yeah. to jump over it. Well, no, uh, okay. trust me, that bar is about it. I said yeah. it is low. You saw oh, yeah. what the bar was. Ray is the bar. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Ray the gift of the pee finger. I do today. know about the pee finger. Ooh. He yeah. doesn't use the pee finger. I don't finger, use it. But he knows about I'm it. I'm aware of it. From popping? You don't pop peas if mm-hmm. you, you don't pop peas if you put your finger in front of your, mm-hmm. yeah. Except, you know. That's what the trained voice actors know about. We schlubs who just do podcasts. Just, we pop them all over the place. I feel like Ray would somehow figure out a way to make that rule not. I'd end up like, and I'd puke on the microphone. Oh, you know? God. It'll, be, it'll be about three weeks, and then he'll come in, smelling of urine, and you're like, Ray, did you remember the, the name P-Finger and forget everything else about what was involved with it? And he'll look down at his shoes and say, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a little little real talk right there for Robert Chan. 
um, Rachel, uh, just to introduce you to our, our guests at home who uh, uh, may not be familiar with the work, the, no doubt they've heard your voice at this point because you're everywhere. But uh, the, the the big things that uh, uh, you've got going on, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 3 playing the role of Rachel Kane, your handler for the entire game. Uh, yeah, for the whole campaign. So uh, you may hear me pop up a little bit in the multiplayer, but in the campaign you're going to hear me all the time. And yep. I would just like to say... I give really good advice, <laughs> so you should take it. Just, I just I'm a trustworthy kind of lady. Yep. It just I, doesn't look like it all the time. I was trying to play the heck out of it this morning just to get <laughs> caught up and just be aware, so I saw you kill a giant robot, Yes, which was awesome. Yes. Also, I will say that I just worked on this for Comic-Con with IMDb because we interviewed some of the show creators. Brian Bloom? Yeah, I love yeah. Brian Bloom. And then Jeffrey Negus? Negus? N-E-G-U-S. I'd just call people by their first name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably easier that we, way. Oh, no. We, uh, yeah, we interviewed uh, a few of the a few of the people involved, and it yeah. sounds pretty awesome. They are, they're doing the, the game that's coming out this fall, and it's yeah. going to be pretty amazing. Yeah. I may or may not have inside information on that one that I definitely cannot share, but I, it's looking real good. I know so that Jon Snow is in it. Uh, that's I've heard a rumor, because I know people who worked on it, too. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, there's this, a big this rumor. This was confirmed on, in a Comic Con interview, so I'm not giving anything. Anything. This away. was hey, confirmed. Good, I just had like a tiny heart attack just then when you said <laughs> that. I was like, uh, no, no, no. Oh, God. Well, Rachel's got to go, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. They did confirm it. You can go to IMDb and look up this interview. It was done. Uh, it was done by Kevin Smith. Was interviewing some Call of Duty people. Uh, I helped write the interview question, Excellent. so I did a lot of research on the game. It was confirmed on Knowing is Half the Podcast with Gina Ippolito. <laughs> oh, so, crap. Oh, crap. It was, but, and no one else. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then what other uh, uh, cartoon stuff and voiceover stuff have so you been doing? Because you're so the, active right now. The super exciting thing coming out is uh, coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a specific air date soon. Uh Airing on the Cartoon Network is Justice League Action, the, yes. the newest incarnation of the Justice League, and we are super, super excited. And about you're playing it. Batman and Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yes, I'm playing Batman and Bruce Wayne. No, uh, but oh, I am no. playing Wonder Woman. Well, that's a pretty good yeah. game. Uh, which is literally the dream job that I've had since I was like four. Right. Uh, Ever since Linda Carter. Here's the honest <laughs> truth. This is this is absolutely true. Um. When I played dress up as a little girl, I would put on my mom's shoes and having watched Wonder Woman on television in the 80s, I was like, oh, well, adult women clearly need to be able to spin in circles in high <laughs> heels and also run. Mm -hmm. So when I would wear my mom's <laughs> shoes to dress up in, I would just spin around in circles, uh, which is a talent I still have. I can still do that Ooh. in high heels. <laughs> Uh, was that your audition for the Cartoon Network? Not actually useful. Not, <laughs> no. not a useful skill in any even, way. I can't even walk in heels, so I feel like it's useful. Uh, I'm, I actually taught myself to walk in heels <laughs> so I could play Wonder Woman, and then it turns out it just took 30 more years, and it that happened, and I get to sit down when I go to work. So <laughs> <laughs> That's a good deal. Well, guys, let's talk about Arise, Serpento Arise. Now, this is this is the meat of the sandwich right here. This is episode three of five. So you've got the two layers of bread. You got the the mayonnaise on one end and the lettuce on the other. And this is the this is the protein. Wait, this are you meat. just are you just making a sandwich with mayonnaise, lettuce, and the meat, right? Because I was Very gonna hungry. go. This is like the provolone cheese, oh, where geez, it's like okay. a little bit <laughs> like it's a little bit bland, but it's necessary. Yeah, it adds that like umami to the rest of the story. I was thinking like it. maybe like the veggies. It's okay. like no one really wants it, but you, you need it. 
I thought, see, I disagree with you guys entirely because I found, I didn't think, remembering back, that this was going to be a very important or jam-packed episode, and I ended up with more notes for this one than I had for any of the episodes we've done so far. I don't know. It didn't feel that jam-packed to me. So what you're saying is it's more like the peanut butter and jelly. It's more like the peanut butter and jelly in the middle of two pieces what of else, white wait, bread. What else? Okay, so if, if, if there's five parts to a sandwich... Mm-hmm. And part three is peanut butter and jelly. No, no, peanut butter and jelly. That's three parts right no, there. No, no, Jan saying episode three is, is both peanut butter and jelly. So I'm wondering what parts one, two, four, and five are. Chan, well, you have the toasted outside. Uh huh. You've got the bread, peanut butter, jelly, bread, other toasted outside. You guys don't understand what sandwiches are. That's how you? sandwiches <laughs> work, right? Honestly, um, I was just letting Ray go and see how he would justify <laughs> the weird ass thing that I said. I'm and, trying for you, Chan. Being, did it work? I, no, because now I'm thinking of like the different things that I could put on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Bananas. Bacon. Bacon. Oh yeah, honey. 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 Legit. All right, this checks out. This checks out. This works. <laughs> Little slices of apple. Uh, we just Ooh, got yeah. a, a waffle iron at the thrift store today, so uh, we're going to be we're going to be testing out. Uh, what you can put on a uh, on a Belgian sandwich. waffle or like the four section square waffle? The four section square waffle. Nice. Uh, but uh, the first thing we're going to do is uh, make brownies in it. Yes. Uh, have you serve. have you seen the episode of The Simpsons where Homer decides to stay home from church? And one of the things that he does on his wild day home from church is use the waffle iron, and he puts he puts. Uh, waffle mixture, an entire stick of butter, and a bag of caramels. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. The, I, it looked delicious. <laughs> like I, I saw that episode and I was like, I want this right now. This well, this so past good. week, I uh, just found out that you can just take biscuit dough and dump it into the deep fryer oh, and crap. it turns into beignets. Uh, so now uh, I saw your pictures on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, uh, yeah I, I, we, we had it and I was like, I wonder what happens if you do this. So now I want to throw everything mm-hmm. into every other appliance mm-hmm. and just see, what, see happens. what happens. I feel like Pinterest only exists to tell me that I need to make hash browns and a waffle iron, <laughs> which is why I do not own a waffle iron, because then I would just make hash browns in yeah. every day. No, I, would do, so, I would do terrible stuff to that waffle you, iron. You're looking like me when that happens. Uh, you know? I was told Nobody to mash potatoes <laughs> in a waffle <laughs> iron. Uh, then you start throwing like cheese and bacon and, and mix. I don't All right. I have not eaten. Just saying. Yeah. I'm saying. I was hungry. Now I'm dying. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Hey, we've got some weird weird foods for you to eat here yeah we'll get to that in a little bit but uh so unlike episode two there was not as huge a recap that lasts four minutes long for this episode it's basically like they were fighting and now beachhead and mainframe get into a coffin of vlad tepe's they I and feel we're like, back i feel like they feel like if you're already on season three you're in it for the long haul so you don't need that they're like eh, these guys know what's going on you came for the first two yeah welcome back i just like the gi joe is like it's like the chapter books of children's reading where it's like all right we expect you to remember a little bit about what happened later before <laughs> and then we're going to tease a little bit of what comes next so this isn't mm-hmm. completely episodic this doesn't exist all on its own we expect a little bit of investment yeah. and engagement now you noticed something in the theme song you wanted to talk about that okay. you mentioned before we went on the air <laughs> that i'm just blown away by how okay how has nobody noticed that the lead singer of the theme song is out of tune for most of the time i hadn't noticed he, this at all he, i would like to I, Blessings to whomever did it. He begins and ends on pitch for each line, but the middle, not so much. Cobra, the enemy, fighting to save the Jack never gives up. He's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. 
Okay, well, that's the best line of the <laughs> I was going to say that. That sounded that's, good to me. We got to Freedom of Land and Air, but it's just, it's the best. And then, but it's the backup singers who save it every time we get to the chorus. And oh. they like, they like bring it back. But what I love is that listening to it, and I listened to it like five times in a row because I couldn't get enough, is that I was like, I was like, why wouldn't they, oh, just fix because it. a real man who's a G.I. Joe, he doesn't worry about pitches. He sings his story out loud and he gets it out there. And We're going to have to t- direct you back to yes. the episode of Cold Slither where the oh, G.I. Joe have you band, heard? oh yeah, the G.I. Joe band plays Sings at the end song. of it. And oh, it is, it is t- and Shan, can you bring that up for us? Oh, because you can tell it was out of tune. So if we if we can tell it's out of tune in that one, it <laughs> yeah. Must be really but it was so terrible. funny because I think that it's so amazing. It plays every episode, and it's just like a little off. Because if it was too perfect, then these guys wouldn't be hardcore yeah. soldiers. I'm into it's it. Gotta yeah. be a little bit off, so we know that they're tough. They'd grow up to be singers it. instead That's of soldiers amazing. if they if they. And then they would credit GI Joe with their love of singing, and GI Joe doesn't want that on its image. Well, what Chan is talking about? There was an episode called Cold Slither from season one where Cobra, the Dreadnought, uh, Zartan, and the Dread Knox create a heavy metal band like Twisted Sister. Amazing. And they put uh, subliminals in there to control people, and it uh-huh. becomes the number one album in America. G.I. Joe foils the plan at a big stadium show, and then they, they don't they have a whole people wanting to hear music <laughs> that are just chanting, we want music, not caring what kind of music. That's and how I feel when because, I go to Because yeah, heavy yeah. metal fans are not just... Uh, <laughs> and so G.I. Joe themselves, the team members, get up on stage as a band and sing the G.I. Joe theme song, they, and they are... Yeah. Terrible. But they all somehow know how to play instruments. Yes. Uh, Do we have it loaded up? Just remember that you had a problem with (gasps) this theme song. I'm so excited and scared. (laughs) The lady's got it. That's Duke. Is that Scarlett singing all by herself? I believe it's Scarlett and Lady J. Okay. I don't remember if Cover Girl's there. And there's... I just noticed the theremin. Why is there a theremin in a rock and roll band? Is this at the cantina? <laughs> Star Wars cantina? That's right. not more out of tune than the actual one. <laughs> it's not. It's not worse. Um, it's in the same spirit of we're so badass, let's just do this thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little worried about the ladies. I'm I don't feel like Buckaroo Banzai had that same problem. He is uh, still fair. recognized as a man's man while still being the lead singer of the Hong Kong Cup. But he's also RoboCop. He's also RoboCop. So... You know. He doesn't do much singing in RoboCop. <laughs> Not as much as he probably should, though. I mean, for the record. But anyway, so we, we, we get to the thing. Uh, beachhead and mainframe. It's like the weakest thing. Even like, they're like, get in the coffin. Okay. Clear the rubble. Cool. We're out. Like that was... Hey, they did confirm that it had been 18 hours and it was a miracle and they yeah. smelled bad. So, yeah. That's you know. a good point. I feel like I don't remember my uh, Keanu Reeves version of Dracula very well, but I'm pretty sure they now have Dracula powers. If they stayed in his coffin oh, for that point. long, was the earth still in there? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think they now have sweet, sweet Dracula powers and it, it will come into play in a later episode. Beachhead takes off his mask while his hair be those two weird little buns. Oh, the yeah. butt the yeah. Butt hair. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And he's got fangs. Mm-hmm. And that's why he wears the mask. I I would just like to point out that uh, 
was it only two or was it actually all of them that the Joes were distracted by a lady and completely neglected to do their job? Oh, you're talking about the two lady uh, water skiers? <laughs> Not just the <laughs> Not two just water here. skiers, but also, oh my God, is it a lady ghost? <laughs> like, re- like. These guys are not good at their jobs. They're like, there's a woman on the floor. I am no longer a soldier for the next minute and a half. No wonder Scarlett and Lady Jane had to hang out all by themselves. They're like, oh, my God. Seriously, if we walk in front of these guys, they are going to completely lose their ability to do their job. Well, you know, uh, in a previous episode, Scarlett and Lady Jane sunbathe on the roof of Joe headquarters because nowhere else they will not get sexually harassed. Yeah, it feels about right. Somehow. And even then, Flint's up there with his phone watching them. So yeah, it just, doesn't just even randomly. Help. And it's never explained why he's just standing there doing business watching ladies sunbathe. He's like, I got time. Sure. I'm just Where, watching why? these ladies. Have business to do. <laughs> if you have the option sure. of doing business while looking at scantily clad women or not, yeah, why would you choose not? Sure. Guys, this is why we'll be podcasting from uh, the Gentleman's Club down the street for every single episode going forward. Uh, <laughs> wait, what? Uh, anyway, so we go up to Russia and we have uh, uh, Ivan the Terrible's castle. Who looks very much still alive. In it's his very casket. cold in Siberia. Like he, like every so far, ev- every other corpse, there was one that was a skeleton, right? Sure. Montezuma. Yeah, like I was just like, oh, what the? Well, hell have you is- not seen Encino Man that docu that documentary biopic? <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. So you're saying that uh that, that Ivan's friend Polly Shore is about to pop up? From <laughs> that is correct. His, his tomb. <laughs> Ivan the Terrible looked a lot like Brendan Fraser. <laughs> just if you see your history books now, you know. <laughs> Because uh, great... I'm wild weasel. <laughs> well, Cobra destroys the bridge over the frozen uh, river or uh-huh. moat around the castle. And Called G- the drawbridge. And, yeah, and Snowjob <laughs> is just like, whatever. And Snowjob says, We're gonna, let's just cross the ice, no problem. And then he sees the bats, the robots. They shoot another good use of the lasers. Shane, you have to explain the science of this to me as well, because we've heated up a pool in a previous episode. Uh-huh. And this time they actually melt the ice and then fall through it mm-hmm. because they're robots. They that, don't care. That was actually pretty awesome. That was pretty rad. That's actually did what they were supposed to do. See, but here I'm thinking I was like, I was like, really, really, you you couldn't like melt the ice and then drop a rock through it. Like you had to. <laughs> sa- How many millions of dollars of robots did they just decide to drop so that they could break up the ice? If we start worrying about how much money Cobra wasted (laughs) at this point, here's the thing. Um, How many temples have we lost? Dr. Dr. Mindbender is not just a a microbiologist par excellence. He is also their tax man. And (laughs) the more bats you lose, the more you can write off in taxes. Could you imagine walking into H&R Block and having Dr. Mindbender be the one there to take your tax returns. I actually I would think love like, I would just want to pet his mustache. Yeah. Like, can I? And his, and his <laughs> rock hard <laughs> chest and abs. Dude, I didn't realize what a sex god Dr. Mindbender <laughs> was until this moment what right is, here. I mean. Don't forget, we're still 25 uh, reviews away from me dressing as Dr. Oh, yeah. Mindbender. Oh, that is correct. For Halloween. So Please Quick pitch if you haven't given us five stars on iTunes. We want to see this. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, get us some more iTunes five-star reviews so Mr. Chan will dress as Dr. <laughs> Mindbender. Apparently a sex symbol, which I, growing yeah. up, had no idea. Had no dude, idea. Dude, he is smart and he's ripped. What more could you want? I guess that's a good point, huh? Mm-hmm. He probably doesn't even have to be nice. He's got decorated suspenders. I mean, I'm in. Mm-hmm. That's, you know what? <laughs> he can build you any human being he wants. And he's got so many drugs. That's true. <laughs> All assume. the good ones. He is a doctor. He can just prescribe himself whatever he wants. Anyway, uh, so they uh, Cobra gets in a fire bat. They steal the DNA of Ivan the Terrible, and then all the Cobra troops just surrender. And I thought it was kind of cool. They were like, oh, they're not fighting anymore. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. why? Cobra's going to take over the world like next week. I mm-hmm. feel like there's a flaw in this thinking, which is like, 
the Joes could do terrible things to them in that week. It's possible. This is pre-Guantanamo, Gina. <laughs> we didn't do that sort of thing back uh, in Reagan's America. We, we got a nom reference in one of the previous <laughs> episodes. Mm. So I feel like these guys are like, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah. We won't do that for at least <laughs> we, eight or nine years. Right. We're not those people. We're these people. We're mm-hmm. G.I. Joe. Seems like they just weren't, those, when they were running, they just weren't thinking of Did anybody ahead. else, by the way, completely forget how specific this was about the actual I was like, when I heard the nom reference, I was like, yeah. I do not recall that as a child. <laughs> yep. that, I think yeah. when, when you were a kid, it was probably like, oh, that's that's maybe not a real thing that I don't. But as an adult, you're like, oh, they're listing like real historical figures and that's real like wars. The angry man who lives down the street who doesn't <laughs> like to come out in the daytime. It turns out it was mainframe the whole time. Who knew? <laughs> Uh, we did ask Buzz about that because that was a very specific reference. That it did, was jolting. I don't when it think happened. it came out. I don't think they ever brought up any specific conflict yeah, yeah. in season one. Like maybe once. So that was kind not of a like, lot of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, we find out that uh, Sergeant Slaughter is a great leader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, uh, he's basically he's riding in his little thing through like the canyon or whatever. As Sergeant Slaughter just does. And he's talking with Hawk, and Hawk is kind of a dope here. This conversation they have over the intercoms. Uh, Chan, can you play that for us real quick? Uh, you mean immediately after they're attacked and <laughs> yes. uh, Hawk says, Cobra! Sergeant Slaughter, are you under attack? Yeah, I screamed, it's Cobra, and you heard lasers and explosions. Yeah. Hawk, could be, it'd be pretty quality assumption to think, yes, I'm under attack he right doesn't, now. He doesn't want to assume. You know what happens when you to assume told. Nobody, nobody wants to make an ass out of you and me. Thank you. <laughs> Nobody. Are you under attack? No, it was just a cobra, a single snake on the road. I'm sorry. I that, and then I, I got scared. I accidentally I was... discharged my laser weapon several times, and I blew it up <laughs> with a loud explosion. Uh, so now we're at Alexander's tomb, and oh, if Benny, uh, if Benny Arthur could be with us again because it's underwater, Ray. It's underwater. I love that it's underwater. Uh, how about Shipwreck? Shipwreck's in charge of this mission. He's got mm-hmm. a kind of smack leatherneck and wetsuit who are arguing. Yeah. And then he's sure. like, finally, you guys are under control. Time to look at Bikini. Yeah, it- like, I feel like they did a lot of recon about Shipwreck. Like, they were like, oh, is that the dude that's always sexually harassing the women in G.I. Joe? Let's just throw some bikinis <laughs> at him. Yeah, don't get distracted by talking to each other. Get distracted by looking at the water skiers. That is that's correct. That's clearly the better choice. Also, does Shipwreck to anyone else feel like a kind of... A bad Jack Nicholson impression. Uh, that's exactly what he's supposed to be. <laughs> yes. yes. The whole time I was like, is this like the one flew over the cuckoo's nest period? <laughs> or is this like looking ahead to the a few good men period? <laughs> I will actually tell you, the writer uh, Buzz Dixon told us that Shipwreck's deal is you write him like Popeye and play him like it. Jack Nicholson. I love it. And that's why he's as awesome as you. Mission accomplished, talented <laughs> no. voice actor who did that job. Uh, absolutely. Uh, can you? Uh, he he thinks it's a cobra decoy. Like the water skiers are there for cobra. I see no evidence of that. I think he's rationalizing in his mind. Also, by the way, worst decoy ever because cobra comes up directly <laughs> behind the yeah. water. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I am like, looking look right at. Here. Oh no, it's cobra. <laughs> I believe the lesson actually is: if you look at scantily clad women, you will be successful at your job. Okay. Oh, okay. I was thinking if you look at scantily clad women, Cobra will appear. So that was a way to like tell kids like don't you know ever what? think oh. about sex or bad guys are gonna come and get <laughs> you. Don't, don't oh. say Bloody Mary in the mirror three times. Yeah. Is that, is that like uh, uh, you're waiting for people to come over and then as soon as you go to poop, then they ring the doorbell <laughs> and you're like, oh, god damn I, it. I don't know, Chan. Why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> 
We're podcasting That's from Chan's house. That's why I'm always waiting at the door so long. It always smells like poop. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you, I, you know, there was one thing I pulled from the Leatherneck wetsuit, like, rivalry. Did it not feel a touch like Legolas and Gimli from Lord of the Rings? Aww. How they're working together. They're still alive. They're okay. No, that was that was an affection at all. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, no, what happened? Yeah, did I miss Orlando something? Bloom and John Reese davies still alive. Yeah, still with us. <laughs> In the eighth ending of uh, Fellowship of the Ring, did they all get killed? I don't know. <laughs> um, no, but it was a little bit like, you know, a uh, 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 notch one for the elves, notch one for the dwarves. I count three. Oh, I've got seven. It's sort of, they kind of had that friendly, like, fighting together. We hate each other. We love each other rivalry. I don't know. Like... I like it. I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was into it. Uh, I'm always, I'm, I'm always uh, uh, a happy camper when the Moray show up. Yes, the Cobra Hydrofoil was uh, one of one of the very few toy things that I had when I was a kid because my mom yes. would not let me play with GI Joes and mm. she would not let me watch it, so I had to sneak them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smart lady, correctly. Real, yeah. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if she could see me now. <laughs> uh, she, she can see me now. Yeah, yeah. She just doesn't. She's still alive. Say, she still has Much no like John Rice Davies, Chad's mom <laughs> right. is still alive. What? True story. <laughs> when I was a kid, me and my two brothers uh, took piano lessons at the same time. And so my mom would drop all three of us off. And we weren't allowed to watch very many cartoons at home. So we were stoked. The two who weren't in the middle of a lesson would get to watch cartoons. Oh. So. Me and my older brother both laid claim to Robotech. <sighs> Little brother had to go do his lesson during Robotech. I, I, yes. I'm going to do a Robotech show. That is my <laughs> single favorite. It's the jam. Because amazing. I love that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then my younger brother and I would fight over who got to watch Thundercats and who got to watch G.I. Joe. Uh, and my yeah. younger brother would usually claim G.I. Joe. This is true. He is now in the army Ooh. and has been for oh, 20 years. Man. So watching G.I. Joe. And for the record, and you fight robots. Uh, you, you are part so, cat. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all, it so all played your out. mother was wise. <laughs> yeah. And my brother now has a vaguely southern accent for reasons that I oh, can't no. understand. It's the same just reason like Madonna sounds English. It's a, it's a weird thing that happens. <laughs> um, we have an underwater battle at this point, and it's very exciting. I, I wrote down here, this is a classic moment from the Cobra playbook. Uh, we're losing the fight. We need to get this thing. Let's just shoot an, a random oil tanker that happens to be nearby and yep. make it G.I. Joe's problem. Love it. And it just it makes sense. Like, tactically, if you're a bad guy, mm-hmm. okay, G.I. Joe, it's like the Batman or Superman dilemma. Sure. It's like, mm-hmm. are you going to save the people or are you going to stop me from committing the crime? Mm-hmm. I will say... G.I. Joe would... actually let the oil tanker <laughs> crumble. They didn't help uh, anyone. Oh, no, they and didn't, lit they? it on fire. Yes. No, 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 no. The uh, the cobras lit it on fire. They were helping the people. Were they helping the yeah, people? Yeah, okay. the uh, only uh, deep six and uh, torpedo were. Well, that's down right. Because shipwreck was up there saying yeah. we can't help you because of the oil tanker. I, I feel like the sense. jokes on Cobra though, because there's going to be a sushi shortage at some point. <laughs> like there's going to be a shortage of safe sushi to eat, and I feel like they are going to regret that later. I feel like like the normal cafeteria fare at Cobra headquarters is sushi. It seems like the sort really? of thing in the eighties. Yeah. Sushi was still a little mm, bit villainous. Feet a little bit too. Uh, yeah, uh, it's been established in past episodes that Cobra treats their employees really well, mm-hmm. and so I feel like they're not just having like a mac and cheese bar up in there, or maybe <laughs> yeah. they are because that sounds delightful. That sounds kind of say, what's the problem? Maybe they have mac, and, like cheese mac and cheese bar and bar? sushi. <laughs> what's a mac and cheese bar even look like? I'm I feel like it. it's like you got like you got a. a Tin of a tub of mac and cheese, and then there's fixins. There's like one like, like there's like green onions, there's bacon crumbles, oh, there's no. t- chopped I'd up tomatoes. Different 
cheeses. Like this one here oh, yeah, is like sure. a cheddar cheese sure. macaroni. This oh, one has like a blue cheese, okay. like a gouda. I think, I think Cobra does it all. I think Cobra does it all. all the crispy edges. Oh, okay, yeah, just yeah. all crispy edges. So I'm seeing like a Chipotle brand style fast casual restaurant uh-huh. with uh, with macaroni and cheese only. Yeah, yeah. Guys, Copyright, keep knowing yeah. it's half the podcast, 2016. <laughs> we invented that shit, Trademark. so you back off, everybody. <laughs> Um, but, uh, what's a foam bomb, Chan? A uh, foam bomb would be. I had foam. That's what I heard. Is, I don't is, know what that is. Well, it's what it's what the Cobra guy. It's what Destro shoots at the Joes. I was expecting another Robotopus. To be fair, it does sound like foam. I heard foam bomb. It sounds like foam, but that was probably the uh, <laughs> the effects on their <laughs> voices. Does foam come out of it? Uh, well, no, it looked like it was a, a, a foam that sort of trapped them. Oh. Like it, it solidified as it, you know, made contact with the water. I thought it was kind of amazing because they called it foam, but it looked to me like jello. Like everything was mm-hmm. just sort of slowing down, yeah. but you could mm-hmm. still see through it. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's sort of amazing. Yeah. The ocean's <laughs> cold. The water's there. Just send out the gelatin and call and, it and, yeah. and your troops yeah. will never go hungry again. You could you could sell that to parties. You could sell that to beach parties. They probably just like harvested a bunch of uh, uh, goo from the germ, and then just like yeah, we just put it into a bomb. Well, yeah. I, I have another science question here because they just grappling hook a nearby boat and keep their flown bomb from hitting the uh, the surface where there's fire. Yes, so they're about one foot away from the surface where the fire is, and, and they're what totally you're fine. curious about is why doesn't the heat of that fire penetrate more than three inches into the uh, because the it water? doesn't it cross fire it doesn't. <laughs> Because yeah. it doesn't. Because the, the oxygen is above, so the yeah. fire goes up. No that's heat science. transfers down. Yeah. That's, that's good science right there, yeah. everybody. See, have I you ever, seen, have I you ever sure. seen that, that scene in True Lies where Schwarzenegger dives under the fire and then swims slightly under it? Nope. No. I cannot stand This that. is that reversed in the air. I like it. Also, go watch True Lies, guys. Why What's wrong with you? Why have you? Why have you not familiarized yourself with the entire Schwarzenegger? Uvra. Uh, yeah. I'm just uh, excited wow. that none of you guys did the I'm certain it was a Boy Scout approved experiment either that or my mom just said it was where we would take tin pans like pie pans and like fill them with water and then put a washcloth on top and then pour rubbing alcohol on top of the washcloth and light it on fire. Oh you my guys, my God. mom was awesome. <laughs> and, then, and then when it burnt wow. out, she'd be like, look, the washcloth is just fine. <laughs> so I saw that and I was like. Somebody's mom. Yeah. <laughs> she was then You're she taught you just how to, fine. Then she taught you how to cook meth. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere you see shipwreck with just a washcloth being like, I got it. I got it. <laughs> no problem. Uh, well, excellent. Well, here's the deal. Destro wins. Destro gets the DNA sure. of Alexander the Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He travels mm-hmm. on. And the Joes just give up. Easily, he hasn't even gotten that far away, and they're like, nope, he got it. Nope, see ya. <laughs> I mean, he's all the way over there. What can we even do at this point? Mm. <laughs> Cobra's nailed us again. Yeah. Which leads us to the meddlesome mastodon known as Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> in one, one of my favorite lines from uh, the entire episode. Uh, interestingly, uh, Sergeant Slaughter's uh, chosen... Uh, Derogatory curse word. Oh, nerds. What does that even mean? Nerds. I don't know, but now I know why Tina Fey says it in 30 Rock, and I literally couldn't have been happier. I think I actually paused oh. the episode and cheered. Because I was like, I was like, that's where it comes from. It sounded so familiar, but I couldn't God. place it. Um, well, Sergeant Slaughter is eternal and forever. I think we've established that already. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, well, and, and, so, and he's Tina Fey's power animal. And he, he, well, <laughs> he's Tina Fey's spirit animal, assuredly. I, uh, he's my spirit animal. I would, you know. Also an amazing mustache. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the guy, rock hard abs. I can see <laughs> right mean. now where this is going. <laughs> uh, well, they're getting Sun Tzu at this point. Uh-huh. And uh, Dr. Mindbender, I mean, it's such a Cobra thing. He crashes the canyon down on top of Sergeant Slaughter's uh, amazing track vehicle. And he goes, that's the end of our friend Sergeant Slaughter. And in sure. my head, I'm just like... No. Has he not been paying uh, attention? You didn't yeah. even check. The, there's, they don't have a hat. <laughs> yeah, how they can didn't they, find a How can they assume that he's dead? Right? <laughs> no hat. It's yet. all true. And then, uh, you know, the t- Crimson Twins show up. So they're, they're throwing all this at Sun Tzu right now. You got the uh-huh, twins. You got uh-huh. Mindbender. Sure. He shoots the uh, Sergeant Slaughter's tank. Uh, uh, and it, it's just crazy to me that like all the rocks fall on it, and all it's got is just one little plume of smoke coming out of it. Like, not dented in any possible way. Mm-hmm. They just, make them right, man. They know how to make them. Mm-hmm. American made. American. American. <laughs> I'll tell you right I'm now, there's sure... a Ford symbol under there. I'm pretty sure Sergeant Slaughter just punched all the rocks away, oh, uh-huh. lit a cigar, like... and then just put it out, and that's what that trail of smoke is. Yeah, it's not like on you fire. Guys, it's just... this back door. Boom. Boom. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect circle. Boom. Um, how about the exciting moment when Sergeant Slaughter's running at them and there's a, uh, an actual like Viper with a gun about to shoot him. And then when Sergeant Slaughter goes to punch him, he suddenly morphed into a different type of soldier. Oh, That's how scary Sergeant this. Slaughter is. He will scare you into different clothes did the moment before that. impact. <laughs> Amazing. That is, that is a, a helpful skill to have when you're out on the town trying to pick up the ladies. <laughs> Well, you don't want to be punching them, Chan. You don't want to be scaring the ladies out. You've been I'm, doing it wrong all no, these years. No, I letters. think Chan's saying he's the he's the one changing. Oh, is he the one changing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I, I, I'm in my work clothes and boom, boudoir attire. Yeah, I think what he's saying is he's so afraid of the ladies. Yeah, that the okay. clothes just change. Uh-huh. I think, so I think in this scenario, fear. Chan is the one being punched. Poof, running shoes. I gotta go. <laughs> I've been out with Chan before. That seems legit. <laughs> so what we're saying is Chan is Cobra. Yeah, that's what yeah. we're saying. Uh, yeah, we, I've, we've I've known been that. saying that since the beginning of this. Just want to be clear. Just want to be super clear about that. <laughs> and then uh, we have some fun with the Crimson Twins. As Sergeant Slaughter, first off, he like knocks one over, and the other one doesn't feel it. Which I already was just like, what? But then that it turned totally out they're setting up sometimes. the they're splitting up they're uh, setting up the airplane spin uh-huh. where he spins one, and the other one starts going in a circle. And uh, Rachel, <sighs> it's just a joy, right? It just makes all of my back when it was still the WWF memories <laughs> so. <laughs> I just I was right back watching Hulk Hogan and I and I you guys I just was I just was joyful. This it took you back to a happy sweet. place. Wait a minute. Such a happy Wouldn't place. Wouldn't you have been remembering the time when Sergeant Slaughter turned on America and joined the Iraqis? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. He's an American hero. <laughs> Thank you. I have blocked it out as well. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Sergeant Slaughter, because he's amazing, he uh, uh, goes ahead and uh, Doctor Mindbender gets the Sun Tzu DNA. Uh huh. Goes up and then Sergeant Slaughter just runs up and jumps and grabs onto the trouble bubble mm-hmm. and starts just flying away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, crazy. How well uh, designed are these trouble bubbles? Doesn't even like buckle or bow or anything. Just goes straight up with another three hundred pound man. <laughs> At this point, uh, uh, Cobra has a hundred percent success rate with getting this D- getting DNA. Right? They're yep. doing good. Man. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also I, because G.I. Joe doesn't know what they're looking for. No, and, they only have a list of exactly who the targets are, but yeah. not why they want it. And mm-hmm. in the end, when you know exactly what your enemy's target are, but not their motive, clearly you can't defend against it mm-hmm. at all. And not even a little bit. you got to put two guys who get run off around. by a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> 
because there because there are women in the proximity. Mm-hmm. So and we've even, just got to not do our job. Got to run, <laughs> even though you have uh, previous experience. They have every single time gone into the tomb, done something to the body, and left. Yep. Maybe we should not guard the body again. Which, <laughs> by the way, can we have we addressed what is happening to the bodies? We we we, 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 were, we talked about how they clearly I mean, have no idea how you collect DNA. Or First what of all, DNA is. I was I was genuinely looking for like a syringe and a mm-hmm. or like maybe a, a saw to get some bone marrow. I was like, I oh you. no, teleportation. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. apparently Cobra has teleportation. They, oh, I was oh. thinking they melt the entire body down but, into a green radioactive goo. Guys, I figured and it out. Cobra DNA. invented pokeballs. They're just absorbing oh, uh-huh. the creature into the pokeball. Let's <laughs> mm-hmm. see, uh-huh. and then you get the essence out Makes of it. Sense. But then when we when we go back to the lab, all of a sudden they're now man sized capsules again, yes. labeled with. Mm-hmm. I was like, so oh, we managed yeah. to we managed to melt, neutralize. I'm still going with teleport <laughs> these bodies, which then fluff right back up. Like, yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, please, as I am a scientist. <laughs> yes, um, thank you. I believe what is happening here is uh, what many people don't realize is DNA is like is a it de-rox- soul. Is it, it the deox- it, deoxyribonucleic <laughs> acid is the science term for a soul, uh-huh. which, as uh-huh. we know, is green and uh, wobbly around sure. the edges. Yeah. So they were uh, the, extracting the soul, which was still in the bodies because they were such great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's how it works. Put yeah. it into yeah. the machine and then spit it back out into the full-size tube because obviously you can't crush a soul down. you got to you know, give it room to breathe mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that then you can then you gotta air that bitch out. The, so really, uh, they're sort of like setting them free because who wants their soul to be stuffed into, into something for thousands of years? Right? I've already volunteered to be uploaded uh, into the machine. So, you know, I'm just saying, no if you one put wants me that, in a robot, right? I want that. <laughs> Someday like I'm going to ask you to explain it? the singularity to me, Ray, and I'm going to laugh. Oh, I have to look it up first. Singularity <laughs> is a cocktail, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. 100%. Lemonade. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter Absolutely. has a wonderful line where they talk. They say, bust his butt. And I just... Did they use the word butt? Yes, they did. Yes, they uh, did. We get risque. A, can we get a sound poll for that, uh, Mr. Chan? It made me so happy to hear. Beat the bloody bone Oh, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. I got to cool. tell you, I am doing, I am currently working on a kid's cartoon. We are not allowed to say bust his butt. Same. Nope. That is Same. not a thing we there are to say. There have been two butts in this uh, series so far. Uh, I think there may have been one in season one. But when the first time, first time they said butt, I was like, whoa. Yep. I think it was Hawk. And I was like, whoa, are we, this like, is. Get their butts into gear. Edgy like business. That. Yeah. Yeah. I, going like, for it. Um, how are we more conservative now than we were in 1985? I think, I think that they, like, especially early on, they let you get away with, like, if you watch the first season of regular show versus, like, the eighth season of regular show, they definitely let them get away with certain things. But, like, they wouldn't even let Rigby say shut up in, in regular yeah. show. That's why he yeah. has to always yell, stop talking. Because they were like, oh, that's a little harsh. Yeah, I think yeah. we can't say that either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we wouldn't want that. Kids have the wrong idea of how to talk to each other. <laughs> that's why kids today are talk to each other so fantastically. <laughs> I've, I've played Call of Duty online. <laughs> I know what they say is purely like, oh, darn, lost again. Uh-huh. Probably my fault. Dag nabbit. Darn. Never say a butt, you know. Were you camping behind that box? That seems inappropriate. Boy, Stop that's talking. That's an effective tactic, though. I'll give it to you. <laughs> well, Sergeant Slaughter uh, ends up getting the, the Pokeball of DNA uh-huh. of Sun Tzu. Yeah, first, mm-hmm. first, first foiling of the trio. I mean, they break it. 
And they oh, don't. Of course, he breaks it. It's Sergeant Slaughter. You think yeah. he's going to be delicate with it? But but either way, it's, he succeeds in stopping that part of their plan. Mm-hmm. So now that they kind of have an idea what's going on, but before we get there, now we, that the yes. only Chinese dude that was going to be in there gets shut out. Sorry, Chan. <laughs> no. uh, I think we know why the ne- uh, all next season is them is Cobra losing over and over again. <laughs> they didn't have the art of war. What were they going to do? Nope. Yep. I mean, there's you, there's he's the only one you could have got to. There's no other great Chinese philosophers or generals nope. in their thousands of years of history. There's just nobody good. I mean, there's Genghis Khan. He's on the list. He's a Mongolian. I understand. I'm just saying. He's a Mongolian who's found at the Great Wall of China for reasons I didn't fully understand. He he counts. Were they not at the Great Wall of China to get Genghis Khan's tomb? Like, there was a giant giant wall that they were defending. Well, didn't the Chinese... I could be 100% wrong in my history. Didn't they (laughs) they build build the the wall wall to keep the Mongols out? Yeah, but why would they put Genghis Khan's tomb in the wall? That's what I was thinking. Because his dying wish was to to put him there so he could just always be knocking. (laughs) Well, did you just assume that any wall in China was the Great Wall of China? It was huge, and it was like turning curved, and it looked like the Great Wall of China, Chan. I don't know what to tell you. I feel like... I I can't remember the scene, but I'm I'm kind of with Ray on this one. If If they animated it, they probably knew what they were doing. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, let's just draw some wall. Yeah. You know what? This is the mediocre wall of China. Uh-huh, uh-huh. China's been around for a long time. They've had plenty of time to build walls, great and small. But right before we get there, though, we find out Beachhead doesn't wear deodorant. Yeah, sure. this is super, Stinky. super gross to me. That's really gross. It was upsetting to me even as I a I don't kid. like it. As someone with, I feel like we've established this before, I have a very, very sensitive sense of smell. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that line actually made me go, Ugh. Like I almost, I almost gagged a little. Eighteen hours with a full military man I can't, in a sweaty mission, not uh, wearing also, deodorant. He doesn't take off his mask while he's in there. He's just sweating up a well, storm inside his mask, and he doesn't know. That's the thing. He can't smell it because he's got his nose that's covered true. by a mask. He doesn't that's care true. about everybody else. That is his deodorant. He yeah. covers his nose. Also, also, no one wants to talk about this, but eighteen hours, one of them peed while that happened. Oh, sure. One of them probably pooped. They're GI Joes. They drank their pee. Everything's fine. That's Thank true. you. That's true. Why are you making this weird? Gina? Yeah, they probably. They have those astronaut undies on. That they astronaut can undies. Do you mean diapers? Yep. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, of the two, it was mainframe. Do you who mean dating diapers? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, if I ever have a baby, I'm going to call it diapers astronaut undies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, Cobra Commander has another one of my uh, uh, absolute favorite lines of yep. the entire show. Yep. Uh, can you just go ahead and play it? Yes. Because yeah, you know, know what you we're talking about. You don't need to tell me. <laughs> I like that. I could have been a great stand-up comedian. <laughs> he says, deader than disco, and then he, he laughs to himself, I like that. I could have been a great stand-up comedian, playing to the fact yeah. that Christopher Lada, who did the voice of Cobra Commander, was a great stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. It's moments like this that make me realize why they're following him. <laughs> I, Only I, moments yeah. like this. I hope that Scrap Iron is around the entire season <laughs> just, just for uh, Cobra Commander to deliver lines like that, too. Because, like, in episode one, that was my favorite line. Yep. Uh, so, somebody clean that up. <laughs> somebody fix that door. Because <laughs> he, he can't enter a room without blowing up the door. Mm. But then, you know, he needs to fix the door because it is his building uh-huh. at the end of the day. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and here's the deal. Yeah, Cobra Commander is the kind of guy who needs a foil like a dumb scrap iron yes-man character that he can just shoot one-liners to over and over and over. And we get a lot of that in this series, I oh, mean, good. to be fair. Oh, thank goodness. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just had, a, I just written, wrote right here, Sergeant Slaughter's DNA, oh shit! At this oh, point, I was boy. like, can't you just leave out Sun Tzu no. and just not replace him with anyone? No. I, how can much DNA do you need? 
Also, what is Sun Tzu known for? Being a soldier? No, he's known for being a great uh, idea man. He's a strategist. Yeah, it's, he was, he's yeah. the brains of the operation. Sergeant We're, Slaughter, not so much the brains of any operation. Bit. Also, I feel like you run the risk of like him turning out to be a nice guy. I feel like we've all seen <laughs> twins. We know how the science works. A Again. bunch of guys impregnate one woman, one woman <laughs> and, and out comes Danny DeVito. And Sun Tzu. And he's <laughs> always the nice guy with the fedora. <laughs> that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so they're running the risk of like having you know like a Danny DeVito come out and the Serpentor well we'll get there point, I think we'll get there next episode oh but... there's there's a there's a Danny DeVito <laughs> we, we'll talk about all, it Gina. all of this we'll next talk. season oh, is about how Gina. Serpentor has to work next to Danny DeVito <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say though it's just like oh okay well we don't uh, it's like slant rhyme if you do any poetry slam or anything sometimes words don't quite sound exactly the same <laughs> but they sort of rhyme so you go with it it's slant rhyme I can't get Sun Tzu so I'm gonna hit Sergeant Slaughter yeah it's a slant rhyme mm-hmm. it's sort of the same thing what's kind of like a what's kind of like a Chinese guy oh that big white guy over there uh sergeant slaughter american hero <laughs> he wears a hat yeah he's got a great hat he's got, a, right? he's got mustache sunglasses. sunglasses yeah i feel and, like i feel like the chinese are known for wearing hats yeah and sunglasses uh, and mustaches and you know what oh wait i'm thinking of cops i'm thinking of cops <laughs> i got the, i got the chinese uh, 70s cops, cops. <laughs> with those mustaches uh so now we go to the great wall of china and we've established that in 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 like off screen they've also got the graves of caesar Okay. Uh-huh. Geronimo, the great Native sure. American uh, uh-huh. warrior. Okay. Right. The great, great Native American villain. Also, the- by the way, can we say it's one thing when the G.I. Joes can't defend any of these guys all around the world. This Uh-oh. is a this is a well divided team. Yes. We also couldn't we couldn't get the guy that is buried in the United States. I'm they were like, sorry, in, in North Dakota. one more time we're gonna let the Native Americans down. We're just gonna be like, you can just have yeah, that one. We were, we're we were gonna plow it up anyway we were, to build a pipeline. So. We were say, busy dealing with it. the Russians. We built a house over it in the hopes that it would be haunted. <laughs> there was a lady water skiing nearby. Yeah, the one place they have success, China of all places, just like American business over the last twenty years. It's Same. a metaphor, people. It's a metaphor. They were looking ahead. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, oh, and Rasputin. They got Rasputin as well. Also known for military? No, they clearly want that Serpentor to be able to tell the future, Ray. Right. Oh, okay. So he's a great uh, soothsayer. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Uh, he's got th- history's greatest beard. Also, he has. Like, true. Yeah. Him also, or, he has. Santa. He has a beautiful singing voice and a tiny bat as a companion. (laughs) If the documentary Anastasia (laughs) has taught me nothing, Uh, you taught me that. No, you got it. Uh, And Chen, you said a moment before, Geronimo, great villain? Yeah, yeah. They're collecting all of the greatest villains in history. That's what they said. Well, I don't think they said villains. I thought they said warriors. Warriors, leaders, mm. masterminds. Maybe. That's but what so I far, they have all been evil. Well, don't worry about it. I feel like, this, like they said like the greatest evil people Maybe in the world. So. I'm going to have to well, go back and find it. If so. you try to conquer the world, probably there's a little of that in you. <laughs> Remember when Geronimo took over the United States for the... No, wait, that never happened. Oh, right. My bad. Mm. Um, Well, they're at Genghis Khan right now. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just have written down here, is this the Great Wall of China? I thought he was Mongolian. I still don't understand anything. If I really wanted to get in somewhere and then I died, I would be fine with people burying me near with that thing that I really wanted to get into. There are so many terrible, terrible jokes. See, what it was is it and wasn't the Great Wall of, of China. It was that all of his wives, mistresses, and concubines were buried next to him. And oh. it just took oh. that long. Uh-huh. You know what? It all makes sense now. 
He's yeah. a ladies' man. What, what are you going to do? What is it? One in all four people in the world have Genghis Khan's DNA something in them or something like, like that? that like yeah. it's. Would you like some? Would you like some? Have I don't think that's how it works, Gina. That's beard. how that joke he works. You could use some. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Do you have any Genghis Khan in you? <laughs> Would you like some? Yeah. Is that where you're uh, going? The old pickup yeah. line? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's Hold on. I, I pulled this up. I think this is the line that I was thinking of. It was from uh, the first episode of season two. Um, Military brilliance of Napoleon. The ferocity of Genghis Khan. The leadership of Alexander. The evil of Ivan the Terrible. These and the qualities of many others shall... Okay, oh, he never, yeah. they never say it. Oh, that's attributes. true. Alexander, not a bad guy. No. Uh, they allowed, just... allowed people to keep their religions actually much like Genghis Khan when he would take over and be like, keep all your shit. Just send some of your money to me. I, mean, I sounds... feel like that opens up the door for a whole new world of people that they could have gotten. If they just needed one evil guy... They could have been like, all right, let's get the evil guy. Like Albert let's fucking pick- Einstein. <laughs> they did pick Dracula after all. I would have picked Dracula, but I'm, you know, that's, that's true. Me. Yeah, that was that made perfect sense to me as a kid I and now. I'm concerned <laughs> that they're not picking a great lover or someone that's like super well, Alexander attractive. The great. He got his. I mean, didn't he's a great drinker, too. All i is beating Cobra Commander doesn't take a lot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. maybe they were like, this will do. They could have still exist. They could have just made Danny DeVito. They could have. <laughs> Hey, how are you? I'm <laughs> he here, was, to, here to lead Cobra. He was busy working on Taxi at the time. He was not yeah. available. Yeah. <laughs> um, so G.I. Joe, uh, we cut back to G.I. Joe right now, and Doc and Lifeline have figured out like about the DNA, and they figured out, like, okay, they're, they're pulling the DNA, and G.I. Joe thinks that instead of they're creating a whole army of super soldiers, and, and Cobra in reality is only creating one guy, and in my head I'm like, G.I. Joe's plan's like a hundred times better than Cobra's yeah. plan. Yeah, you know, that is yeah. Totally That's probably the better thing that Cobra should be doing right now and can't see past themselves to do. I just like that in G.I. Joe's imagination that that super soldier totally dances. <laughs> <laughs> he was breakdancing. I was like, hey, check you out. You got some rhythm. He can both pop and what? lock. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this is an inferior plan because imagine how many issues each of those men has. Like, you have to have a lot of issues to be sort of like megalomaniacal, yes, uh, ruthless leader as it is, and then put them all into it would be like 10, 10 Trumps. 10 Trumps? Yeah, like it's all, all of his. Look out. Like, all of that his. terrifying. Terrible. <laughs> like, all of his insecurities and all of that, like, into what he wouldn't be able to get anything done. No. He would just constantly want to like kill himself. But you know what? He'd rebuild that wall. <laughs> Gina. That's right. Gina. How did you how did you pass this without comment? Um they're explaining DNA like you do because mm-hmm. uh most ten year old kids ten year old boys don't know what DNA is. I was introduced the you know. to the concept, yeah, of DNA through this episode of this show. Uh-huh. Uh they're after DNA. As in deoxyribonucleic acid. That's mud. Say what? Deoxyribonucleic acid. Mud is the explaining. chief building block of all life, gung-ho. Then? <laughs> Junkyard apparently knows what DNA is. That's right. And it was like, yes, mud. Wow. that is what DNA is. I, it is, in fact, deoxyribonucleic acid. I feel like I acid. must have been not paying attention during this, because I don't even remember mutt being in this episode. Oh, oh uh, no, Mutt's got that one killer line where he knows all about the building blocks of life, which also explains why he was so sad at Christmas time and didn't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> He's just in his head constantly. Just thinking, just thinking about, about those spiral helixes. And... Yeah, so I, so I think the junkyard is, is a... Um, I think that he's been Freaky Friday into a dog. I think he's a human man. 
Oh my gosh. Whose consciousness got put into a dog. We talked about it before. So wait a minute. They did the Serpentor plan with Albert Einstein, but they put it in Junkyard. Uh He's a genetically engineered super dog. Does that mean that Mutt has Junkyard's brain in him? (laughs) Well, it would also make sense. I mean, either way, that's a pretty goddamn smart dog. (laughs) They both know about DNA. (laughs) It was just so weird that like they were going along having that conversation. Then Junkyard was just there, just like agreeing. (laughs) Yes, that is correct. (laughs) Gung ho, you idiot. I'm a dog and I know that. Uh, I'm into it. So, uh, uh, GI, we cut back to the Great Wall of China, and uh, 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 GI Joe is completely taken by surprise by a large cobra force. And I just wrote, "Where are the scouts? Where is any kind of like?" Uh, hey, uh, they are research? covering the entire world. Okay, yeah, they're covering the entire world, and apparently, they're not allowed to have any backup whatsoever. <laughs> also, there's a lot of water skiing ladies around. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a safe bet that someone was supposed to be watching for Cobra. And it was like, whoa. They put shipwreck in charge of it again. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a pretty brutal line here. I don't exactly know where it is, but someone says, leave no Joe alive. Oh, that's dark. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's right here. Night Raven's attacking. Leave no Joe's alive. Right? Between right that there. and the butt line, they are going adult in this We're episode. We're going PG-11 mm-hmm. in this uh, <laughs> episode. Right. Although, here's the thing. Yeah. All the Joes are left alive, so it's Don't not. Yeah, like, but like just intent, the fact yes. that they they acknowledge like they want to kill them is pretty mm. is they, pretty revolutionary. There's also a moment when they're riding into battle, and Sergeant Slaughter is riding co-pilot and roadblocks like vehicle, mm-hmm. and he looks so sad. Screen <laughs> grab. <laughs> <laughs> he's so miserable. He's just like, hmm. And then it cuts to like one second later, he's driving his own tr- tractor truck again, and he's all like excited. <laughs> his and his antidepressants kicked in in that moment. He had to he had to go. Uh, see Dr. Wild Bill <laughs> and that helped him get the, what he needed to continue the mm-hmm. day and Cobra loses this battle they get flat out routed by Joe yeah. here I mean ridiculous and we think okay they, they they did one they got it right so at which point Cobra Commander is absolutely incensed he pulls a plug on the entire operation yeah. and for the second time in three episodes he tries the power play of you yeah. guys removed and forgetting immediately the only uh, security in the room are the people that work for Destro and the Crimson Twins mm-hmm. and, he, and he has another great line when he walks away oh yes uh, uh, actually I have it written uh, right here uh, uh, when Cobra Commander turns around the entire when he yep. immediately realizes he's losing and then on a dime pivots yeah. his position continue with your plan by all means I shall be waiting to reward your genius or to have you be for terminal stupidity. Love it. Love it. That that's, wasn't, that's I was actually talking about oh. when he just goes, I have spoken. <laughs> I have spoken. Beautiful. My bad. Yep. I apologize. That's my favorite part of it, though. <laughs> he's like, he's like, how do I, how do I bookend this with something real good? <laughs> it's so it's so hard to button a scene, and Cobra <laughs> Commander always nails it. He nails it, it yeah, because it's just the thing where he says, like, I order security to take them away, and then the security's like, no. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm listening to you. As a good leader, I listen to what you have to say. <laughs> this is a democracy, And surely. I'm going to say keep going because I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I wish I had the stones of this guy to just to just pivot. He would make a great president. Can I just put that out there? A great president of the United States. Trump. 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 Because he always leaves no. him wanting more yeah. with his one-liners. Uh, here's the deal. He would end every press conference with a smoke bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which we have also established in this episode is all it takes 
to fool G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some smoke bombs and special effects. Uh-huh. Uh, good eyes, gentlemen. Mm. Good eyes. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like Cobra Commander is kind of like it's like when you're wearing sunglasses, even better when they're mirrored sunglasses. Mm-hmm. You just feel like you can just really judge people. You can really stare them down because <laughs> they can't they can't see what's happening on the other side. So because of his little face dress, yeah, he has all of the room to uh, I hmm. I have an idea. And then he can turn it around because there's nobody who can see all of the anxiety of trying to make the switch. Do you think he's making mocking faces under there a lot of the time? Oh, I've seen Spaceballs. I already know that happens. (laughs) I feel like uh, he would have made a great poker player. Uh, He's got a good poker face? Him and uh, who's the Unabomber? The Unabomber. I forget his name. Oh, yeah. um, Ted Kaczynski? No, no, no. The guy uh, who dresses like Ted Kaczynski to play poker. And he's like this blonde, like Scandinavian dude or something. And he's got a hoodie. And like when it gets down to it, just like zoop. Yeah. And like Mm. Kenny, so you like sort of see his eyes. Oh. Uh, That is a fact right there. And how about um, Cobra's second plan to attack the Great Wall is to fake 9 11. (laughs) I mean, that was. Uh, I'm watching it as like, uh, oh my god, the plane is headed straight for the building. Oh shit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then G.I. Joe correctly scrambles and gets the F out of there, at which point, now we saw the lasers and missiles hit the device, and then Hawk immediately says, uh, oh, we missed it. Like, no, you did hit it. I don't know exactly how the physics of this work. You did shoot it with missiles, and it started smoking, and then was totally fine. Is it possible that he's unstuck in time? He always seems to get to everything a second late. <laughs> like he's always like, ah, oh, are you are you under attack now? No, that happened like five minutes ago. My future self told me that you're bad in trouble right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, yeah. I feel like he's unstuck in time and he's not hitting the right time points. So they just decide, let's punch through the Great Wall of China. Mm-hmm. Sure. But we're getting fooled right now. We just thought they literally just take out a section of the wall like sure. it was nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at which point, uh, Sergeant Slaughter jumps roughly four or five stories down onto the coffin of Genghis Khan. The mm-hmm. only reasonable option. Yeah. yeah. No, if you're a superhero, yeah. that's what you do. Yeah. Um, I mean, what Wonder Woman would do that? Absolutely, mm-hmm. thank you. It helps that Wonder Woman can fly, but you know, details. <laughs> she would spin around as she did it, so, <laughs> too. So yes. Sergeant Slaughter still has a ways to go. Did you like that he was just punching the the hook on the crane, just being like, "Come on, let go, you dirty mm-hmm. crane." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it works for everything else in his life. He just punches it into submission. If so. you can punch a hole all the way through a wall, you might as well try to punch a hole yeah. through the crane. You might as well see. Yeah, you'll kick yourself if it would have worked and you didn't right. try. I feel like mm-hmm. no one is paying attention to what he can do because later on when they like really they're like oh bats take care of him it's like do you not remember what happened in episode yes. one there were way more bats than that and he just punched right through all of them so what makes you think that these five are going to be able to do anything there were so many bats that the entire team of gi joes couldn't seem to hurt them at, at all, all. Yeah. yeah and with single punches he was taking them out yeah he's so strong that he ends up on the cobra airship and they uh-huh. send 10 bats when earlier 50 wasn't right. enough he's so strong he grabs one's metal frame and twists it up like a shirt yeah <laughs> if you guys saw this in the animation he literally grabbed a robot's body like it was a shirt and yanked it up in the air and i'm like that dude is so strong yeah i feel like this was poor planning like they were just like ah bats take care of him you can do that right even though he's 
he's already destroyed a bunch of you? Well, you got it. Cobra Commander orders them to like throw him uh, out the giant hole in the floor, and I'm like, bats can do that. You can yeah, leverage on him and carry better, him. Better plan. Better plan. So you don't care if the bats go through the hole in the floor. It's Cobra sure, Commander. Yeah, he doesn't care true. if his soldiers go through the we hole. We dropped in the them war. in the Russian River, so we're mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, exactly. It's like that's well, a couple bucks. We give her Sergeant Slaughter worth. Also, should we be concerned now that there are uh, the bodies of robots in the Russian River? I feel like that's going to come back to haunt I us. I feel like it's going to hurt the ecosystem. There are already bodies of robots in the Russian <laughs> oh, River. Oh, dear. This is nothing new. <laughs> Although they would just freeze immediately, right? Like I don't know. I feel like they are making a long underwater trek right to the U.S.'s door. They're just walking on the bottom of the <laughs> yeah, ocean? Yeah. Godzilla style? Is like that what we're doing? Trained seals that are going to be coming for us. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, and then that's the end of the episode, right before Sergeant Slaughter gets, like, thrown out the airlock. Yeah. No. Bechdel fail. I feel like the only girls in this episode were two bikini babes. Did they talk you to each other? You don't know they weren't talking sure, to each sure. other. I, that's, that's true. But they could fair, have been having a very specific conversation. <laughs> they were waving at Shipwreck, so they were talking to Shipwreck, yeah. or probably about Shipwreck. They were, they they were, were probably talking. like, oh, God, fuck this guy. I can't <laughs> believe they keep sending us as a decoy for Just this to, asshole. <laughs> smile and wave so he'll leave us alone. I believe <laughs> it was, what They were actually bats that were like, I feel so free. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, guys, the PSA. Oh. There was a PSA on this episode wow. uh, of General Hawk saying, uh, don't play, don't try to race across the train tracks when the train is coming. This was, like, vastly more dangerous than, what was last week's? Wear sunblock? Wear sunblock. <laughs> this was, like, this was, this took a leap. These like, things... they were like, gosh, dang it, you might get skin cancer when you're 50 years old. Wear sunblock. And then this one was like, oh, so, like, you would instantly die. Yeah. <laughs> These uh, are all over the map. Well, the part that, that made me laugh is the fact that there's three kids on bikes. Yeah. There's yep. two adventurous ones, and then there's Chris the, yeah. behind mm-hmm. them. Who so, grew up to be an accountant, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No no doubt. You know, he works front office, but for like a, a sports team. But yeah. he still does paperwork. Or maybe he's like a serial killer. He had to let his wild side out in some way. Well, there's a great moment where- He actually when... led them to the train and had been encouraging them yeah. all. Oh, that's yeah. right. No, don't do it. Just specifically, you should stop here. So, yeah, I'm gonna watch. <laughs> I get his Nintendo. <laughs> um, but so the two kids are gonna race and try to beat the train, and Chris is like, "No, no, don't!" And so General Hawk pulls his motorcycle up and says, "Hey, kids, you should listen to your friend Chris." And they cut over to a shot of Chris, and he just got the biggest shit eating grin <laughs> on his face. He's like, "I told him." Mm. Yeah, and as, I just wrote here, "Fuck you, Chris." As soon Fuck as, you. as soon as he leaves, like, like they are gonna beat the. Crap out oh, of Chris, Chris is getting his ass kicked. Chris right. is the kid that plays the dog in Monopoly and is like, um, I bought all of the railroads, you guys. The rules say he's that kid. Yes. Uh, Chris, oh, he knows the rules of Monopoly. An astute player who understands <laughs> that with four slots all around the board, you're going to get a good percentage of landing. Chris probably thinks you put money under free parking, but only for himself. Whenever somebody else tries to claim it, he's like, actually, it doesn't say that in the rules anywhere. <laughs> Uh, the way, didn't you take money like twice already? I don't know what you're talking about. He, he shows up on the, first day, on the first day of Little League and he's like, I know the infield fly rule, so I should be the assistant manager for the team. That's Guys, right. Chris, Chris is probably the only one of those friends who does not currently have an STD. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, because he's never had sex. <laughs> willingly. He, what? Very, no, Chris, Chris, absolutely, <laughs> Chris absolutely is a serial uh, uh, molester. Oh, oh! I thought you were saying like after after what's his name He's leaves, the kids are gonna hold him gonna down him? and sodomize him. No, oh, I mean maybe, Christ, but probably not. I just meant like he sounds like the creepy guy who dropped the pill in the drink. That's what I'm saying. 
Oh. This saying, is Chris. I mean, no. Chris is an asshole. I'm saying Chris And knowing is, is half the battle. <laughs> uh, y'all, y'all just don't understand Chris. I want to see the, I want Jen, to see I like the PSA that's don't roofie. Don't roofie? <laughs> yeah, it's like three kids. They're like, oh, go on. She just went to the bathroom. <laughs> I have this see. magic. It's called Spanish fly. <laughs> let, let me check right here. Nope, never came up. That's why we have a rape epi- epidemic in, uh, in America right now. Sorry, Gina. <laughs> so it would have been good. You're known. saying if we could travel back in time and teach all those little boys that watch G.I. Joe. I mean, that- first we'd have to undo all of the old Bill Cosby bits that talked about uh, right? picture Dope pages. Where he literally was like, hmm, <laughs> this lady is not okay with with me, I mean, just give her a little something, something. <laughs> like, he told us all. He told us 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Mortar, Ichabod, Marker, and I both say. <laughs> have anyway. you guys heard, speaking of PSAs, have you guys heard Dumb Ways to Die? No. Dumb Ways to Die is a magical, amazing, miraculous, musical PSA on behalf of, I believe it is the Australian uh, Department of Transportation. Uh, essentially trying to convey, hey, don't race in front of trains, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but it just takes a lot longer and has really uh, adorable animation. Y'all should Aww. check it out. So basically, they're 25, 30 years behind G.I. Joe on this endeavor. Obviously, but they are Australian. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, That's how long you know. it takes uh, TV. To, to be fair, to I'm Australia. pretty sure the people in Australia just got blue jeans last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, congratulations, first <laughs> off. You know, you don't have to wear those sacks anymore. Yeah. I assume. That's not going to help us in like Australia, you call is them it? blue jeans, by the way, Dad. <laughs> Roll into the Kmart later, kids. You want some blue jeans? Hey, when the head of the class went to Russia, they took those blue jeans with them. <laughs> they, they shared them with those kids. Kids, we're going to a little bit a of a nicer restaurant episode. later, so uh, make sure you wear your clean blue jeans. How so great would it have been jeans. if Howard Hessman were a guest star on this show? Are we sure that he wasn't? <laughs> See, well, that's the thing. When you said head of the class, I was like, Man, I feel like Howard Hesman was on the show. That couldn't possibly have been the case, but it seemed, he would be per- he would fit perfectly. Oh, you're thinking of every day. You're thinking of WKRP in Cincinnati. No, I'm thinking of his character from Head of the Class. Oh no, he was he on was Head of the Class. Yeah. yeah, him and then Billy Connolly. Yeah. was the second like yes. uh, head of. I the- am aware, Ray. Okay. Stop mansplaining WKRP in Cincinnati <laughs> and head of the class to Chan, right? But don't act like you don't understand it if you understand it. <laughs> don't say, oh, I don't know if Howard Hessman was on head of the class. Of no, course I he was. No, he said he didn't know G. he was on G.I. Joe. Listen, that doesn't mean I'm paying attention right. to anything that's happening. <laughs> Guys, you know I have mini strokes during the episode repeatedly. Uh, yeah, and I wish you would stop doing that in front of us. <laughs> wait till you get home. <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, <clears throat> mini Mini strokes. <laughs> G.I. Joe. <laughs> and anyways, guys, that is it for episode three of Arise Serpentor Arise. How exciting is that, everybody? Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. So much fun. So happy to be here. <laughs> we'll be back on Wednesday. We're going to be wrapping up the show, talking with you about some of your upcoming stuff and uh, doing all the fun stuff we do during a mini episode. <laughs> Huzzah. Am I right? Huzzah, indeed. My, Rachel's on my side. See, that's why I need Rachel in the studio. <laughs> she goes with me on these on these trips. I just on these trips to Kmart I, to get your blue jeans. I didn't want to be the only one who did it, who didn't say it, just in case everybody said it. <laughs> so I had to say it first. And that was the part of the show where I always say yes, Ray. Oh, and, and Rachel, just for the record, you're, you're seeing these two right here. If you did 50 episodes or 100 episodes of a podcast with me, this is how you'd look. Too. You'd look dead inside like <laughs> we do. Dead inside. <laughs> uh, in any case, here's some social medias. You can hit us up at uh, Facebook.com/slash Knowing Us Half the Podcast. We are on Twitter at GI Joe Podcast. Individually on Twitter, you can find me at Almighty Ray. I'm at 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. 
And I'm at Rachel Kimsey. Well, that makes a lot of sense. People should follow you. So you're probably at this point up to like 20,000, 30,000 followers? Um, I, I think I just joined Twitter. Oh. So, <laughs> so 100,000. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So so if anybody wants to be the one to take me to 1,000, God bless you. And uh, my career <laughs> thanks you so much. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to happen sooner than, rather than later at your pace right now. But I finally figured out the trick, you guys. I finally started taking pictures of my cats, and I'm getting more Boom. popular by the day. Picture, picture of mm-hmm. Timo every day mm-hmm. on my, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> my account. Well, cool, guys. Come on back on Wednesday for the mini episode. Until that, I say good night to you. Hashtag Chris lives. <laughs> <laughs> find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always, am I the winner? Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com.